You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, homie? Yo, what up, man? Another Wednesday, another Sweep the Rack. I'm excited. Uh, got some shit going on this week. But um, I want to start the show tonight by uh, talking about a tweet that I put out that got some heat. Uh, I love it. I love it when it's you catching the heat on Twitter and not me, especially from him. I'm not even going to say it. It's especially from him because it's like I talked about the Oprah effect of Belmo. So, like, I, nothing pleases me more than to see him coming at you over something you tweeted. But go ahead. No matter how much yeah. I agree with you, I could 100% agree with you on the subject, and it doesn't matter. I still love to see him come at you. But go ahead. So, Belmo is, in case anybody's wondering what we're talking about, the, like, social media, like, bowling uh, equivalent to Oprah. And what we mean by that is if – Not anymore. I'm going to talk about that tonight. Not anymore. Oh, okay. Well – Anyway, so what ends up happening is that if you tweet and Belmo, who follows me, disagrees with something I tweet or makes a comment suggesting that it's a dumb tweet, um, I literally get all kinds of like lackeys. And uh, I actually put a GIF up that was funny from Toy Story, where all the little minions um, are like following like, uh, okay, we'll get to your league. Okay, let me tell my story. Okay. Um, so anyway, so this was my tweet, uh, PSA public service announcement, please stop going live on Facebook. When somebody has a front nine in league, nobody cares. Thank you. Okay. So that was my tweet. Okay. Because I'm sick. Okay. I'm tired of these. You're fried hoss. Dude, I'm fried hoss. I grinds my gears. When someone goes live on Facebook, first off, you should rarely have a chance to go like, going live like maybe if there's a, a fist fight that breaks out and it it, it, <laughs> it it like work or or like if you're at a ball, baseball game okay but look going live for front for front nine if you've bowled 300 like 90 times okay i don't want to see your 91st 300 or your 67th 800 series okay that's what my post was because mike let's be real Anybody that's fat friends with me on Facebook is probably like a some kind of competitive bowler, okay? I don't have friends with a lot of people who are like in the beginning levels of bowling if they are a bowler themselves, okay? So let me say that first. Belmo responds, why does it bother you so much? It is so annoying. If it, if it is so annoying to you that other people are excited for their own achievements, hashtag fun police. Okay, so look, I'm not talking about other people's achievements. I'm talking about the people that are have, have shot 100, 300. That's not an achievement anymore. Okay, now you're just bragging or you're just, you know, you're looking for some kind of social media attention so people can call what it is, you. Rob. They're fronting. They're fronting, Rob. Call Ooh, what it's it is. Fucking, it's, it's terrible. Okay, I'm tired of these. And look, the videos suck when they go live. The person shaking, it's like they're fucking doing this, and people are walking in front of the camera, and the camera is not even real. It's like the, it looks like the camera out of like the 1980s. There's the internet connection sucks, 
So you're not getting any good feed on the, on, on the phone. So anyway, I got all these Belmo lackeys. Oh, uh, you don't care about the achievements of other people. And they like all like jump on like the Belmo like bandwagon. Okay. So I'm like, good Lord, here we go. And this is like usually like prior, like early sweep the rack days where like you and I or you or me alone would go after like everybody, like would start just hammering everybody. Okay. But I think we became, we got a thick skin to now people that are kind of just jumping on the wagon. Um, so anyway, so that was my like just thing for Twitter this week. You know, Belmo knows what he's doing by responding. He knows that all of his laggies are going to fucking jump on the wagon and start, you know, getting on it. He's got probably such a kick out of it when he does it. Um, anyway, so that's my Positivity. Positivity is an easy bandwagon to lead and jump on. Negativity is not such an easy bandwagon. So, you know, I'll just say that. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, a couple people in the chat asking us how we are. How's us, bowling, how's looking about what... how's, how are we doing? Everything's good, man. I mean, I'm happy to be here. I'm always happy to be here on Wednesday, hang out, Lindsay. talk to the bowling with the people. I it's like, uh, to, you know, like Rob, we've Fred said Carter. it many times, it's like hanging in the pro shop, you know. But Listen, I always love it when you're catching heat on Twitter, even if I agree with you. And in this instance, I really do agree with you. Uh, but I still love to see you catch heat from Belmo. Uh, Rob, what – so, like, if I get front nine in my sport league, am I, are you going to roast me if I go live or no? Am I allowed to because it's sport and it's – no, no, I'm not. Okay, all right. I'm just, I'm just no, checking. But, okay, you, how about this? Go live if you're, like, on, like – the 12 shots. Okay. I'd rather see, because guess what? If you miss the first shot, now you're going uh, yeah. live. I mean, you're wasting people's time, quite frankly. I, I agree with per- you. Personally, I don't mind if you go live for the last shot. And, and like, if I want to see you bowl 300 on a sports shot, I think that'd be cool to watch. Um, you know, and I personally, here's the thing we always talk about this. I, I remember the 300s that I have on sports. Okay, I remember my professional 300 and I remember my sport 300s. I couldn't, I, I could maybe tell you my other than that, maybe my first 300. But it comes down to it, I don't really remember a lot of the other ones. Um, so look, like you can go live on your last shot. I think that'd be cool just for you to have that memory, like at bowling that sport 300, because I think that'd be cool. Like if I look back at it now, I wish I had a video of me when I bowled. My 300. And in case anybody doesn't know this, which is a cool stat, my professional 300 came against Mike Devaney when I bowled him in match play at a regional. And he bowled 300 too. We bowled each other. We both bowled 300 against each other. Clearly and an easy I, pair. Yeah. Clearly I went like minus like 100 the next like five games too. Um, and it, I think that's only done, maybe been done like once or twice in like the PBA like, like ever, like where there's been a 300 like bowl against each other. It's an interesting so, little little stat there, Rob. But no, yeah, listen. So you won't. I wish I would have had a video of it, though. I wish I would have went live at the last shot, um, where I I, I tripped a four pin and the pin came over and took it. Um, so I w- anyway. I wouldn't go live, but yeah, I probably would try and get it on tape and perhaps put it out there after the fact. But all right, let's let's talk about this real quick since you brought up Belmo and he he was roasting you on Twitter this week. Uh, you know, we we have for a while given him credit as being the number one social media attraction in bowling, right? And I think that's that's kind of been unchallenged for, for quite some time. Uh, sort of the way that, 
he him being the best player in the world was unchallenged for quite some time until you know this this last year year and a half here right so um here's my question rob you know brad and kyle came out this week rob a hundred thousand subscribers on youtube i mean that's uh that's massive yeah dude hey shout, shouts to maximus madden man the most manliest name ever and the most manliest gym picture girlfriend is annoyed i stopped paying attention to her to watch this <laughs> i love it um brad and kyle hitting 100k subscribers man kudos to them dude um they uh you know look man I, i'll be honest with you i've really never really watched any of their content um, i do i do i watch a lot of it and what do you I'm, think I'm, i think it's good i think they do a great job i mean Sometimes I, I think, my God, do they have like a whole video editing crew of the like in the you know the travels along with them? I mean, they got to be putting in the work. But you know, just just that number of a hundred thousand for a uh, hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube, you know, that's that's awesome. That's definitely a milestone. Uh, so here's my question, Rob: Like, are are they a bigger social media presence at this point than Belmo? Because YouTube is. I mean, it's kind of it's it's a huge. I know it's not traditional social media, but it's social media in the sense that it's an app. It's something that people go on. You can comment on the videos. All those things apply, right? So, are they are they the new social media darlings of the bowling world? Should we should we be recognizing them with that title more so than Belmo at this point? Um, I mean, hundred. Thousand subscribers is hard to ignore. Craig Craig Carter in the chat saying, "Isn't Verity the biggest social media presence? Where would that come from, Craig? What a, what am I missing there? What am I, mean, I missing? I would, I would think Daria would be bigger than Verity on social media. Yeah, and I, and again, I know that YouTube isn't like traditional social media, but I, I mean, obviously, it's widely popular. So. I don't know. I just, I just think it's an interesting question, you know? Yeah, I think Belmo, being Belmo, when it comes to, like, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, to me, is probably bigger platform than Kyle and Brad. Okay. But that's a different platform than YouTube, right? Like, I think if Belmo started a YouTube channel with maybe, like, Bill O'Neill, and they did what Kyle and Brad did, I think they would be bigger because they're obviously they're bowling. They're, they're bigger names in the bowling world than Kyle and Brad are. I think it'd be interesting to see Belmo and Bill's travels and what they do. Uh, they're late. They're late to the party. They are late, but I'm saying if they were to come, come out with something similar when Kyle and Brad did, I think they were, they would have been able to get to that point. Um, obviously they would be behind if they did that. But I think they would they would catch up pretty quickly if they did it, honestly. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a lot of work, number one, and I think it probably takes your attention away from the bowling to a certain degree. Oh, um, wait, here's a good point. Here's something but, yeah. I want to talk about. Tom Gorman, Brad and Kyle offer better support for building the sport than Belmo does. Belmo does more support for Belmo. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Well, I, I agree with the – with the fact that Brad and Kyle's content is geared toward people learning. I'll say that I'll, I'll, I'll agree with Tom in that sense. I don't agree with his assessment of Belmo particularly, 
Belmo has grown the sport tremendously just by opening it up to two-handed bowling and getting so many people involved through that. I mean, I don't care how many subscribers Brad and Kyle have. Like that, they'll, they'll never. They could have a million subscribers and they wouldn't surpass Belmo's influence in in that regard, right? Um, so, no. I again, I just think it's it's interesting. You know, I think uh, in this day and age, and I'm not speaking from experience here or inside knowledge. I'm just speculating, like like we like to do around here on Sweet the Rack. Uh, it matters if, as far as their contracts, Rob. It has to. It had like the, you know, going to the table and saying I have a hundred thousand YouTube subscribers that are going to watch my videos. That YouTube, because I have a hundred thousand subscribers, is going to put videos in front of people who YouTube can identify as interested in bowling. And you know, that's that's a very powerful uh, negotiation piece. I think you know, in terms of of what these guys do. So. Again, I just wanted to throw it out there. Shout to Brad and Kyle. They've done an amazing job. Rob, I remember going up to um, Bayside for the first time when I went up for the first year that I went there. And Brad and Kyle at that time were kind of unknown. I don't even think they were bowling the actual team event. I think they were there to bowl like a, a, a singles event that they were having or perhaps a doubles event they were having there as a part of the week. And I remember seeing Brad uh, with the camera and him going around and filming stuff and talking to him and, you know, hearing about his YouTube channel and what they were doing. And I told him because it was right around when you and I had talked about starting a podcast and we had already ordered the equipment. And I told him, I said, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Like, I'm going to be starting a bowling podcast, you know. So I I remember what they were doing in their infancy, you know. So, um, yeah, you know, shout to them, man. They built that up. I mean, hey, I. It, 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 it's something to to aspire to. Honestly, it's amazing. It's amazing that uh, that they were able to get that many subscribers. Uh, you know, based around a channel that's mainly about bowling. So, shout to those guys. All right, Rob, Rob, you know what the people are really here for, dog. You you know, you know. We may I made them wait fifteen minutes here. You know why the people show up on Wednesday nights, Rob? Uh, you know what it is. Yeah, they hear my league about- report. Oh, I thought they wanted to hear about my tweets. No, it's my league report. Uh, uh, yes, I look forward to it. All right, long, long pattern last night. Okay, long pattern. Uh, we were dealing with some really uh, heavy obstacles, uh, it, just in oh. general. Oh, God, the approaches, the approaches were an absolute atrocious mess, as as they normally are, as they normally are on uh at Bolero Hazlitt on a Tuesday night. Uh, the approaches were an atrocious mess. Rob, the machine, the lane machine at the place that I bowl this sport league, it's it's just not functioning properly. It's not consistent. I don't really think it can you know, accurately put down the pattern as it's supposed to be put down. They're waiting on another machine from Kegel. Apparently, it's on its, it's, on its way. Um but yeah, there were there were there were a lot of obstacles, you know, and it's it's very tough right now. It's t- it's tough going right now. So uh, long pattern last night uh, started out. I'm not gonna lie, I started out squasher squasher, first two frames. So like I got two breaks right out of the gate. It was like lo- I got loose right out right off of that. I was like, oh okay, this is the all right. I'm getting some breaks tonight. All right, let's go. So bold okay the first game two twelve. Never, never really got far left enough. Clearly, wasn't far left enough the entire second game. One sixty-eight. Think I, I missed one makeable. 
uh, all night. It was in that second game. And then the last game uh, had some carry issues, probably switched balls for a frame or two, but it wasn't a great ball switch. Went back to the reality that I was throwing, even though I was having carry issues. Was able to throw a decent string of shots at the end of the game, like uh, eighth, ninth, tenth frame, but left a solid nine in the ninth frame to break up that string. Got up in the tenth, needing a double to win the third game and totals. And yeah, I aced both of them. Threw them very good. Threw two of my best shots of the night. And uh, yeah, that was it. That was my league report. Five, what I shoot? 580. 582, 212-168-202. And you know what, right? I know it's becoming my new, my favorite phrase as it, as it applies to my bowling. You know, you hear professional bowlers, they get done a block and love. Oh, I think we lost Mike in the middle of a ball review. A little uh, In the middle of a league review. I think I lost him. All right, so what's going on tonight? While we're waiting for Mike to come back on here, um, I'm going to go through some of the chat here, unless I'm the one who froze. You back or what? I'm back. Sorry. But, yeah, I left a lot out there. That was my point. I left a lot out there. And I well, feel you were like about to make a point it. about what about something like after. Yeah, yeah, because they, they uh, again, I was comparing how the PBA players at the end of the block will always say, oh, I left a lot out there. Uh, I feel the same way every time I get done on sport. Uh, it actually makes me want to go and practice, uh, makes me want to get out there and improve. And, uh, yeah, you know, sounds good. Gotcha. Well, I'm good. I'm glad that uh, you're not shooting 400 anymore. Um, I'd be curious to see what happens if they put out the first pattern that you bowled on uh, to see how your new stuff's rolling and see if you're improving or, you know, because obviously you're going to match. No, I already. So we cycle through. We cycle through. So I already had that pattern twice because we go short, medium, long. So, you know, we went short, medium, long, short, medium, long, two cycles. Next week, we're starting the third cycle again with short. So, yeah, I've seen the patterns uh, all twice now. You know, I have a pretty good idea of, of what I want to do. I maybe need, like, one one more ball in my arsenal that I, I feel I don't have. But, uh, yeah, listen, I, I got to be honest. I don't think I'm going to bowl that bad for the rest of the year. I'm throwing it good. I got my timing worked out. I got equipment worked out. So, uh, yeah, I was, I, you know, feeling good. Uh, Brian McDonough in the chat is asking how I was playing the long pattern. So, uh, I, I played it. Two straight through the front part of the lane for the first game, game or two. Uh, like, I just never got my feet far left enough and got deep enough. So I would say uh, started with my feet around 16, 17, with my eyes right around 15, trying to kind of keep it straight through the front part of the lane. Then I moved uh, progressively left through, the, like, the first and second game. And finally, when I got about 10 left to about 27, uh, really about the start of the third game is when I actually felt like, okay, I have uh, I have my feet in the right spot now and I feel pretty good with what I'm doing. So what happened? I know you, you set up uh, uh, patterns for Friday night. Let's get into that a little bit. Um, I did, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping to maybe for, for as early as next week have some content for us, Rob, based around that. So I don't want to discuss it in too much detail because I'm hoping to actually – uh, show the people some content based on that. But yeah, 
I, I had patterns out at Knob Hill uh, last Friday. You know, honestly, it's just a practice thing. It's, it, I, I, you know, I'm going to have people show up if I can. But I had a league bowler take me up off all my offer to come and bowl a match against me, a uh, local guy that I'm, I'm friendly with. Uh, we did make a bet. It was a, it was a friendly bet uh, that he didn't he didn't want to disclose the terms of. So, uh, but we did make a bet. We bowled the best of five. Uh, I won three one. Uh, I basically gave away the the first game. Uh, I went. I was I was leading the whole game, and then at the end of the game, on a double, on in the seventh and eighth frame, ninth frame, I go seven one miss a spare, and then in the tenth frame, I go eight spare gutter on the fill. So I basically gave yeah I basically gave away that game, and then uh, gutter in the fill yeah gutter in the fill yeah I was playing out and on the ball switch on the ball switch too, so yeah didn't get it yeah it was terrible it was like a terrible way to end the first game but I won the next three, the the second and third game you know I don't I don't think they were that close the fourth game was really close actually came down to the tenth frame and the fill ball I needed eight or better on the fill to wrap the match up. Uh, but I was able to get it. So it was a good match. Um, but yeah, you know, I did an interview with, with, with the person who bowled me before and after. And again, I'm hoping to show this content, so I don't want to say too much about it, but, uh, it was really interesting to hear their thoughts on the difference between, you know, recreational house league bowling and the stuff that we were bowling on. Um, because they were, I mean, they were tough, man. Like if you missed, he, I'll tell you this. He left four through the face four different times in the match. Hmm. Okay. Sounds like four. his ball was too. Sounds like he was using too hard of a ball in the back of the lane. That's what that's. Well, he like. did. See, he he decided to play in and stay away from the gutter, which was kind of touchy. And I was like, "No, nah, I'm gonna. I can. I can execute the gutter. Like, I'm gonna stay out because that's clearly where I felt you needed to be." And yeah, like anytime he missed in, the ball was going high. And anytime oh, yeah. he missed out, the ball was not going to get there. So it, you know, it was. It, listen, they're tough, and and I I know there's local people that watch podcasts. And I'm hitting a lot of people up to see if they want to come bowl me. You know, this is not about uh, a thing like oh ha ha, let me bring you on something tough and bowl you. It's really about you know, hey, let's let's talk about the differences between uh, these patterns where you know some of these bowlers that are like this guy that I'm bowling. He's two thirty five. He's two he's two thirty five. So, you know, I mean, let's talk about 235 versus what we're bowling on, right? So it was interesting. I'm hoping to get some content out uh, surrounding it, and I'm hoping to set up more matches going forward. But if people want to come through and practice, if you're local, uh, Friday nights, every other Friday night, next one is October 22nd. Uh, every, every other Friday night, October 22nd is the next one. And uh, yeah, I'll have some matches there. I usually have a pair or two. Oh, and I got the I got the Lions down to six dollars a game too. There you the go. Ah, boy. Ah, boy. Making progress so, yeah. there. Yeah, we're cool. making progress. But uh, listen, I, you know, Rob, I want to talk about my Bolero experience. Billy Punch in the chat brought up the tweet that I sent out because I did. I went and looked up the 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 uh, Belmo commercial on Bolero where he throws the ball down the lane with the table on it, and breaks the glasses and all that, right? And I said in my tweet that, like, every week that I bowl at the Bolero Center that I bowl at, it really feels like we're closer and closer to actually bowling in that environment. Like, it's a disaster, bro. This is this is a, a, a company that's going public soon, Rob. No? Yeah, yeah, soon. Yeah, and, like, I don't get it. I don't get, like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like... 
anything runs the way it should or things are just not taken care of the way they should be at any like of these what? Give us some specific examples. Give us some examples. Oh, what's my the, goodness. It's like, such a shit show. Just, just the general cleanliness of the center. I mean, the approaches are just a mess. You know, the the when you walk in the whole area, basically where you walk in, I, there's not enough employees. You know, the you can tell that the people who should be in the spots that they should be in are stretched thin because they're running around to assist with other things. Um, the machines, oh my God, Rob! Every every spare, every multiple pin spare that we had last night was offset. If you left a two eight, if you had left a regular two eight. The eight pin was going to be set to the right of the two when it came down. If you left a three six ten, the six was going to be set like behind, almost behind the three when the three six ten came down. So much so that at a couple points we actually had to re rack the spares because, yeah, it was like an important spare and you didn't want to see somebody you know not make it because of a bad rack. And it's it's these th- it's these little things. Like I'll also say this: I know for a fact that. Uh, Bolero's best mechanics are being shared through uh, through multiple centers. Okay, you know, Rob, I don't want to say too much because we still have to we still have to find out more details. But we have people reaching out to us in our email about problems and issues with Bolero that they want to tell us about that they don't really want to go public with it themselves, but they want to talk to us about it. And listen, I got to say, I experience a lot, a lot of nonsense with Bolero. So I'm just surprised, like, that this company that's getting ready to go public uh, just doesn't care about putting on a better face, like doesn't care about a better customer experience. And Jaren, I don't care if you're a competitive bowler or you're not a competitive bowler. Rob, who likes to walk in and, and see, like, dirty, sticky floors in a place? You know, I don't. So, yeah. I mean, I, it I just, sounds just—it sounds like they're just cutting. They're just cutting costs, right? Well, that's that—that's a—that's an interesting point because, and listen, I'm not a business person. I don't have a business degree, but Rob, when a public goes when a, when a company goes public, right? Stock price becomes the number one uh, issue, right? Right. And and you know stockholders want to see higher revenues. They want to see more money. Well, where does all of that come from? A lot of times, it comes from cutting cutting cost, cutting costs in the business. And I don't. That's what I'm saying. Like, if this is what it's like before they go public, what's it going to be like when when the uh, when the stock price becomes the number one concern and they want to cut costs in other places? You know, I just I, I don't know, man. It's it's really not that great of a face, you know. That's that that's the main thing that I take away from my experience there. Yeah, and how are the prices like? How are the food and like alcohol prices? I mean, I won't, Rob. You will attest to this fact. I got to be one of the least cheap people you know. Yeah, yes? I heard about your bir- I heard about your birthday party. Yeah, I'm one of the least cheap people you know, trust me. <laughs> Meek yeah. Mill almost showed up, I heard. Anyway, yeah. yeah. I, I'm one of the least cheap people you know. I will not order food from Bolero without my discount card. I will not do it. That's how expensive the, the meals are. You know, it's crazy. Like, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I see these things going on. I see kind of a slow deterioration of what's happening, particularly in the center that I bowl in. And I just think to myself, like, man, like, Where's this going? 
Like as they get bigger and they control more of the market, and we talked a lot about that last week with the with the financial beer, report huh? that was released. Like if it gets to a point where they don't really have much competition, you know, why would they care to take care of any of these things anyway if this is the only place people can come? So I don't know. I mean, I'm again, I'm just as a customer, as as somebody who has that experience, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. But yeah. all right, Rob, we, we we got some other stuff to talk about here. Uh Weber Cup. Weber Cup is this week. The Zone, D A Z N. If you want to check it out, okay, it's twenty bucks for the month. The Weber Cup's only like a few days, but it's twenty bucks for the month. It's basically twenty bucks to watch. What you're shaking your head? Why are you shaking your head? No, because who wants to pay twenty bucks to watch the Weber Cup? I do. I'll be paying twenty bucks for to watch okay. the Weber Cup. Okay, so let's take a vote here. How many people in the chat right now? Either have DAZN or they plan on paying for it to watch the Weber Cup. I don't. I don't want to. I don't care about paying twenty dollars, like for the Weber Cup. I just don't see the like motivation for me. I don't even. I didn't even know who was bowling until I had to look it up. Where's the? Where's this? Where's the storyline? Where is the? Where is the motivation? To where's the storyline? The storyline is USA versus Europe. That's the storyline. What's the? It's the same shit. There's no. We don't even. There's not even. Bowling's not even the Olympics, dude. Like I care about the Weber Cup. I'm just saying. I don't. I don't care about the Weber Cup. Okay, I don't. I'm being honest. Like I might get a lot of shit for that, and people are gonna be like, "Oh, you know, Rob was just being, you know, negative or the fun police, whatever." But honestly, like, I I rather just I'll watch the highlights like from social media. But anyway, that being said. If anybody doesn't know who's bowling and wants to check it out, um, which I'm always trying to, you know, promote uh, bowling at a, at a, at a you know, high level or as much as we can, uh, Team Europe, uh, Dominic Barrett, Team Captain, uh, Jesper Svensson, Thomas Larson, Stuart Williams, Richard Teese. Those are uh, the uh, five uh, Team Europe. Team USA, Chris Barnes, Captain America, Kyle Troop, Chris Vai, Tom Doherty, and Anthony Simonson. Okay, they'll be bowling starting tomorrow, 6 p.m., and I believe that's 6 p.m. England time. Now, England is eight hours behind, or no, I'm sorry. You, the United States is eight hours ahead of Europe, or England. So... I'm pretty sure they're ahead. Are they behind, Mike? I completely lost my train of thought there. Don't know. Um, I'm not. I'm not good with world times. I'm not a world traveler, but I do know that you know, regardless of when it's on, uh, on on the the zone tomorrow. Yeah, you can go back and you can watch it whenever. I have done that before. Um, yeah, so it so, looks like tomorrow they start Baker, and then singles, doubles, singles. That's really the schedule on the website. It's really terrible, to be honest with you. Yeah, so well, a, a lot of, of singles, it, a bunch of doubles and bakers. Yeah, and, a, a lot of it has you know. to do with who's chosen for certain matches, right? Yeah. So that's that's like part of the attraction at, at this event is like who's going to be chosen for certain matches at certain times, right? Uh, listen, I got to be honest. I like the Weber Cup. You know, uh, Timmy Mack was involved in the Weber Cup for a while. It was super. It was super hype. Uh, when he was involved with it, that's what got me into watching it. Uh, I enjoy it. I think it's good competition. I think that Team USA 
Shout to Team USA. Team USA should route these dudes. I mean, this this shouldn't even be a match. I just hope it's close so, you know, people could get their money's worth for paying $20 for three days of bowling. Um, that being well, said. I'm uh, just saying, Team USA, if you, look at, if you look at these lineups, you know, Team USA, Team USA yeah, has, has but a clear dude, advantage. Doesn't, no, they don't. They're bowling in England. What? So no, they in don't. England. Are I you crazy? Care. Okay. Team USA like, has like – they have Kyle Troop, best bowler in the world, PBA player of the year this year, clearly, just coming off half-million-dollar season. They got Chris Vi, one of the hottest bowlers on the planet, okay? They got uh, Chris Barnes, uh, one of the best ever, okay? Simonson, again, top three, top three this year, okay? I mean, come on. That's wild. Who's Europe got? Europe's Dude, it's best team bowler. bowling. It's team bowling. It doesn't it's matter. It's not they, though. It's individual matches. It's a lot of but doubles. They, they bowl individual Baker, but they bowl Baker and okay, they bowl some Baker matches. And uh, Matt Malzahn in the chat is mentioning it's one lane. I agree, and I, I do think that can factor in. But listen, I I got Team USA all the way. Can we bet on this? Yo, can somebody over there hit me up? Some uh, somebody, one of you guys, hit me up. I want to go. I need somebody to go to a sports book in England. I need to get heavy action on Team USA here. Okay, I'm talking four figure action on Team USA. Dude, my brother's got a big point though. The two handers can get shut out, and it's it's he's, oh, they got three stop. of them. I, I agree with that. I'm not look. All I'm saying is you you stop. go in and have all this big talk about being a blowout, man. I think it's going to be closer than you think, Mike. All it's right. A, I well, think, I think England I got the, I got Team USA. If anybody wants that action. Okay, but here I want to bring up a point because I think we talk about this quite a lot. We do. Uh, the big problem in bowling, Billy Punch, they want to they want you to pay how many different outlets to watch it. There's no consistency. My, Bill, there is zero consistency right now in bowling. Okay. Um, you know, and we've talked about this so many freaking times, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. Bowl.com, right? Bowl TV streaming platform. You know, bowling. Uh, Bowling, right? Streaming platform. Now we have to pay for, you know, DAZN, right? For 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 stream for bowling service, showing bowling on TV, right? FS1, Fox, uh, CBS Sports Plus. Um, you know, I mean, how many other networks can we name that bowling is kind of off and on? The consistency of the schedule is never the same. Speaking of the schedule, Mike. PBA still hasn't released the schedule for 2022. We released our schedules. So where is the marketing dream team? Where is the dream team, Mike? They're, they're MIA. They're too busy charging you $22.99 for chicken tenders and fries and a $17.50 for a large Coke. That's where the dream team is. Um, no, about they're, they're, they're actually, 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 it seems like they've been spending a lot of their time promoting this upcoming uh, Chris Paul Celebrity Invitational. I mean, I got to say, Kevin, like, Kevin, yeah, wait for their blowout service. service. Hey, yeah. if, they have a, if they have their own betting app, now we're talking, okay? Uh, but, yeah, they are doing a lot of promoting for the CP3 event. So, Mike, what is that Rob, telling they you, are doing. They are doing more promotion for this quasi-celebrity event than they have done for almost any event up to this point, period. Right. So let's talk first off what this will, before we get into that, because I think that tells you a lot. 
right, of where Bolero's heads are at when it comes to the PBA, okay? But in their defense, this is the a good opportunity to bring in bowlers that normally don't watch because they love CP3 or Terrell Owens, okay? But, Mike, look, I'm going to be very critical here of the PBA, which we are never critical of the PBA, okay? <laughs> But here's my here's my like Mike, I was there, okay, at the CP3 event, okay, and I'm gonna be right. completely honest because that's all I know how to be. I was very disappointed in the celebrities that they had uh, bowling, okay, and I was very disappointed in the in the um, you know the the celebrity stardom that CP3 Chris Paul, who is a major superstar in the sport of ba- of basketball was able to bring in for his charity event. Okay. So if anybody doesn't know, um, it was on the PBA website. Uh, the ball, the teams are Chris Paul is born with Sean Rash. Terrell Owens is born with AJ Johnson. Hannibal Burris is born with our boy, Bill O'Neill, who, by the way, I didn't, I didn't know who Hannibal Burris was. Um, be honest with you. I didn't. Um, Rachel Lindsay is born with uh, Jasmine Mason. I didn't know who Rachel Lindsay was. And Chris Paul senior is born with Darren Tang. Um, uh, you know, I could give, you know, that uh, a kind of a, uh, a a pass with Chris Paul's dad bowling um, just because it is Chris Paul's event. Uh, so, I mean, look, like, I, I wasn't very impressed with the celebrities they drew for this event. Um, 100%. I, sh- I should have brought my shit, and then they, they should have paired me up with a pro, and I guarantee you that I probably would have won if you would have given me any pro out there. Oh, yeah. Mike. No shit. No shit. You're bowling against people that barely even probably <laughs> come on. Are you, you know, you're crazy, son. Anyway, you know, but oh, what do you think, though? Can Let's I, go can back I, to the point. I want to interject, though. I want to interject okay. here with some. Espe- like, especially when you compare it to the celebrities they were getting in the past. Right. Rob. Right. The PBA missed their opportunity with this, okay, clearly. Like, when, when, when they had Little Wayne and LeBron James and Kevin Hart and Mookie who were Betts, some of the right? other really, really – Lamar Woodley. Uh, Mookie Betts, oh, right? Mookie Betts, uh, uh, French Montana, okay. When they had those types of, of celebrities coming out to bowl – you know, you needed to strike while the iron was hot at that time. You know, for whatever reason, clearly, like the interest isn't isn't there all that much. Whatever, whatever, whatever that reason is. You know, whether it be Chris Paul, whether it be bowling, whether it be oh, just the event isn't what it used to be. I don't know. I don't know the answers to that. But yeah, like I don't know. It just it just seems like it's kind of jumped the shark at this point a little bit, and uh, I don't know. You know, so wait, they're not so going to revamp it. Point. So wait, wait, back to your original point, okay? Because look, I'm I'm all for the charity part of it. Uh, I know Chris Paul was doing this for his charity, for his charity, and it's it's a great it's a great cause, and they did you know give uh, money away, which is awesome, and I support that wholeheartedly. Um, but what do you think about the original point about PBA and obviously Bolero making this or promoting this or marketing this a lot more than they do for some of the biggest PBA events? What is no, I don't you? like it. I don't like it. I mean, I th- that that j- to me shows you where their loyalties lie. 
their loyalties lie. Their loyalties lie with Bolero, not with the corporation, not with the PBA, the organization. You know, okay, explain if that were that. the case, why, why do you think that? Explain that. I want you to explain that further because I think that's an interesting point. Okay, because if if that weren't true, then you would see equal or greater promotion behind the professional organization that they own rather than greater promotion for this event, which while involving the professional organization that they own is more an event that's promoting bowling in general. And who's going to benefit from that? They are. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Chris Lutz. I want to pull up his comment here. It's a little stale with older unknown celebs, kind of like going to an REO Speedwagon concert at the state fair versus arena show in the eighties. Yo, that's hilarious because yeah, I mean, look like, look, Chris Paul will always is a good, is a superstar, right? It's his event. He runs it. He, he does a lot to do with it. Terrell Owens is still a big name, right? Hall yeah, of like, Famer, like that. Right? Like Terrell Owens is a big name. And then they kind of felt like they might have thrown some celebrities out at the last minute. I think Rachel Lindsay was on – she was on the, uh, the Bachelorette, I think. She was the Bachelorette. Um, I didn't know who it was. I didn't know the comedian. I didn't know, obviously, Chris Paul's dad um, until someone had to tell me that was him. So, yeah, I feel like there needs to be some kind of something Chris Paul needs to do to re-energize the event. Okay, I love now, that you're not... on. I love that you that you were on here. I'll take I, – I guess I'll put myself in this too. I love that we're on here telling Chris Paul what to do with his with his uh, charity, charity event. Charity event? <laughs> I, you know, but look like we're, we're, coming, we're over we're the line sometimes. His, we're coming off his fans though. We're coming off his fans that want to watch and, and get entertained. Okay, because people always tell Chris Paul what to do, but they they do it on you know social media and comments. But we're not afraid to talk. We're not afraid to state this because this is truth, in my opinion. This is not like you know it, it is becoming a little bit stale. He does. Yeah, no, I agree. To reenergize, I, I I would like to see it. I mean, but I'm not I'm not going to talk about it from the Chris Paul side. I'm going to talk about it from the PBA side. Like I would, you know, whatever Bolero would have to do to try and support that to help Chris Paul make it a fresher event, you know, br- bring some fresh faces in there, more players, more celebrities, more Let's recognizable people. You know, I would like to, uh, I would like to see them do that. All right. Sherry Morgan. Sherry, appreciate it. I can kind of see that. Yeah. I yeah, can kind of yeah. see the heavy hype around CP3 event because celebrities will get bigger draw and bring attention to the sport. The only people who currently watch PBA events are people who already bowl regularly. If you want to grow bowling, a celebrity event is the way to help do that. I completely 100% agree with what Sherry yeah, said. Yeah, but how, how can that be true? How can that be true, though, Sherry, when what I just said a few minutes ago is true? That they had huge celebrities coming out for an event like this, and that didn't help grow it. That didn't really – I mean, you had clips that went point viral with people like LeBron and Kevin Hart, et cetera, and like – you know, it didn't help grow it. So I don't know about that. I mean, I, I hear you. I, I tend to, to agree with your, your way of thinking there, but I don't know if I agree with the with the specifics of, of your uh, of your position there. So here's my question, though, Mike, and this is something that would make sense to me, okay? Why wouldn't the PBA, like, bring in their Fox connections and bring in some really popular WWE wrestlers to bowl in a charity event? Okay, you want to talk about getting some some eyes and some publicity 
dude, bring in like a Roman Reigns or a or a John Cena or a, a you know Stone Cold Steve Austin who doesn't do a whole lot. Shawn Michaels. I mean, these are guys that they could bring in that could energize a charity event, dude. A John Cena on this event. All right, well, you always. Take an opportunity to talk about wrestling and praise wrestling. I'm just you I'm can't so over see it. me, son. You can't see me. I don't want. Okay? I don't want to. I don't um, want to hear about the wrestling anymore. But I'm talking about promoting, uh, promoting uh, bowling with guys who actually are. You know, you could maybe do some social media damage and maybe even have a bowler or two show up to a WWE event. Look, this is the target audience that they have to go to. They have it in with 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 Fox, okay, and they have one of the most Highly viewed. Okay, now you're just joking. But see, all I'm saying is they have a show that's connected with bowling, with Fox. That is the highly viewed, most most ratings that has hundreds of millions of followers every week. And I don't know why bowling doesn't pull this, 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 this string with Fox. Because you know why? Because Vince McMahon doesn't want anything to do with bowling. Oh, my God. All right, now we're talking about Vince McMahon's opinions on bowling. I'm out on that. <laughs> uh, I'm so out on that. Lou Spasaro in the chat is saying, do you really think the PBA has a say-so in who the celebs are? No, I'm not really suggesting that, Lou. I don't think Rob is either. I think, you know, what we're saying is, like, perhaps they can work with whoever, you know, is doing these events to uh, try and freshen them up a little bit, right? Not really have a say, but just provide whatever – they might be able to provide to make it easier for, for that to happen. Right. Uh, Billy punch in the chat says, Mike, all kidding aside, PBA could learn tons about promotion from WWE. Yeah. I, I understand that aspect of the promotion, but at the same time, uh, I don't know. There's, there's some serious differences between the products there. So, you no, know, I listen, Lou, I am I not think... getting into a discussion. No, 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 no I'm, not, I'm not going to talk about that. I think oh, my God. point about, Lou's point about do you really think the PBA has a say in who the celebs are? I really think, honestly, believe the celebs actually probably come from Chris Paul. Most yeah, absolutely they Paul. do. Chris Paul absolutely. is the one who's bringing the celebs in. And I feel like, you know, maybe some things maybe didn't. The stars didn't align this year for maybe some of the pros that he wanted to come out. Um, and I kind of feel like being in Arizona that he had probably had an opportunity to bring out a couple of good uh, people, uh, you know, celebs but i maybe the stars just didn't align scheduling lies and whatnot so uh you know anyway it should be an interesting event it's it's on sunday i i was there i saw most of it if not all the show um obviously i can't get into any details of what happened on the show but you know look like check it out you know support bowling uh it's always fun to see these uh celebrities try to bowl and you know some of them are actually pretty good so okay fair enough uh, all right, Rob, one more thing on our list to talk about here uh, before we move into everybody's favorite part of the show. Uh, there was a rule change recently in the PBA, Rob, and it has to do with college bowlers. Uh, it was announced, I think, before our show last week, but we didn't get to it last week. Uh, basically, it's pretty simple. You know, previous, and Rob, if I'm wrong, correct me, but previously, um, any, any amateur, including college bowlers, who bowled uh, and cashed in two PBA events either had to join or not bowl for the rest of the year after those two caches. Am I correct? Yes. Uh, it's always been like that. With uh, I, I think they use the college bowling rule with like the amateur rule because amateur right. so, is the same rule. Right. So, so now going forward, 
that rule, if I'm reading things correctly, is going to still apply to amateurs, but it will not apply to college bowlers. So if you're a college bowler and you want to bowl PBA events, you can cash in as many PBA events as you want, uh, and you do not have to join the PBA. Now, I, I, I don't know, man. I It's weird to me because there's – uh, to my knowledge, unless something has changed, a college bowler could be a PBA member. Could they not? I don't think it would affect their college bowling status. I, I don't know. Do you so think it would? Though? I mean, ba based on what you know about how college bowling is run, do you think it would affect their status? No, because if you could bowl as an amateur in right. a college bowl, if you can win money, have... what does it matter? Right? You what can bowl for money. That's the bottom line. That's why I look right. at it that way. Okay. Right. Right. So that that aspect of it doesn't really matter. The aspect that matters is the cashing twice and still being able to bowl. Right. I like it. I like the rule. Okay, but but here's my question though. I like it too. I, I think I think it's stupid to to limit it. To, to a certain degree for anybody, Come for the college stupid. bowlers, for the amateurs, because stupid. you want, you know, you want to get as many entries as you can. And if somebody has more than two caches, maybe they decide they're going to come out next year and bowl, uh, bowl full time. Let me ask this question. That's a different discussion for a different okay. time. Let me ask this question. Does this rule seem like it's directed at a select few college bowlers? Cause to me, no. it does. To me, it seems like the, the PBA Wants to see Rob? Come on, how many college bowlers could there possibly be that are going to bowl in enough PBA events where cash and cash in enough events where cashing twice would actually prevent them from bowling in any uh, further PBA events? I'd probably say out of college bowling like field, I'd probably say you got to assume maybe one to two bowlers every team. Like no has way it, has the ability. No to cash. way. No way. No way. No, at least the college no, bowling totally. teams that I saw when I was growing up, and I bowled. I mean, the anchors were normally pretty decent. That. All right, uh, well, you know what? Maybe I'd it's say more like fifteen today. to twenty percent. Uh, Rob, if we would have went out to a PBA tournament while we were in college, even when we were at our best in college, we probably would have gotten absolutely mopped I'm you know, by regionals. those guys at that time. I'm talking uh, regionals. I'm not talking national events. Uh, all right. Well, okay. I'm talking more national events. You think this you is know, directed at regionals? Of course, what's not directed to national tournaments? This is regionals they're talking about. This is more oh, regionals to the only regional program. Oh. No, this is just all PBA events, like. But regionals is where. No, but wait rules. a second. Wait a second. The rule that we discussed earlier applies to all PBA events, does it not? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But what I you're mean, saying is that. This new rule does not apply to all PBA events, only regional events. No, it applies to all PBA events. Okay. So then I'm right then. So a college bowler now could go and bowl more than two PBA national events and cash in more than two PBA national events. Yeah, and regionals. Okay. All right. Okay. Then I stand by this what is, I said. But this rule to me is more – it's more uh, for the attraction of the college bowlers to bowl regional events. Okay. Cause look, there, there is a select minority of college bowlers um, that go and bowl regionals more than they do national events, you know, cause it's an easier event. But here's my thing is I agree with the rule. They shouldn't limit the college players for two 
um, for to, to cash two. And here's the reason why is if you're the PBA, you're trying to get as many college bowlers to join the PBA when they graduate college. Okay. You're trying to recruit. I mean, really though, you're really trying to grow the PBA organization and college bowling is probably the best recruiting tool, right? Because these are bowlers that are bowling competitively. How many good to great college bowlers when they leave college don't join the PBA? I'd say probably like 95%, right? 90% probably don't join the PBA. Okay. That's not good for the PBA because where are the, where are their membership? Where is it going to come from? It's not college bowling, Mike. Like it's going to, is you know, where is the new membership coming if it's not from college bowling? To me, the PBA has to do from, from the uh, from the utmost upper tiers of junior bowling is where it's coming from. Yeah, but junior bowlers are going to college. The junior bowlers go to they college. They are, but 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 they're to bowl. It's, like, Most a, of it's them. like a Venn diagram where while they're in college, they're part of both of those groups. They're you know a college bowler, but they're also one of the best top elite junior bowlers in the country, even if they're amateur, like junior bowler, meaning somebody that's younger, I guess you would uh, interpret it that way at that point. But yeah, I, I don't, I, that's where that it's coming PBA. from, Robbie. You're right. Like the numbers, the numbers, you know, obviously, and it's been this way for a while. Like it's, it was the, this way when you and I left college, et cetera. I think the same kind of things applied, but like the numbers haven't been there for a while in terms of a flood of people going out and trying to join the PBA as a, as a legitimate thing. Um, you know, I think if they build up the regional program, that would help. You know, we talk a lot on here about how there's not a lot of opportunities to be able to compete in that kind of environment and get better, right? And we, we talk about that on here all the time, and I think that applies again uh, in this situation. But, uh, I, you know, okay, so listen, I don't have no, a problem Lou, with the you're, rule. You're wrong. I have no it's, pro- the, it's, it's the other way around, Lou. It's the women um, that – I'm pretty sure men's bowling is – I'm pretty sure you what your NAIA they can bowl for money. Women NCAA can't. No, you're correct, Lou. The, yeah. the women can't yeah, bowl for money. But it's so interesting to me that the women are NCAA and the men aren't. Like, why isn't everybody NCAA? Give the give the men a chance to get full rides. Yeah, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of issues whole, involved in that. That's a whole another topic of conversation we could talk a half hour about. But my whole thing sure. is. The PBA, especially the regional programs, they need to do a better job of trying to recruit people that don't have cards to get cards. And the way to do that is probably through college bowling. Okay. The years of the high rollers are done, Mike. Okay. So previously, college bowlers like myself who came out wouldn't get their cards because then you wouldn't be able to bowl the high roller the mini eliminator, you know, um, you know, world team challenges. Maybe if you were bowling with a couple of pros, there's a lot of, there was a lot of restrictions. If you got your pro card these days, really the only tournament that you really can't bowl. If you have your pro card or maybe the local tournaments, they shut you out like Michael Holloman and um, the tap, right? Other than that, if you're a college bowler and you're pretty good and you want to keep bowling, there is no reason for you not to get your car other than whatever, whatever reasons those are. So the PBA should have higher numbers in recruiting and their memberships should be going up. Right. But I don't think that's the case. 
you know, maybe this year full of money that Kyle Troop is making might help that case, right? Where people might start seeing a guy like Kyle Troop, you know, make a half million dollars a year in earnings. Maybe that'll help recruit more people to join the PBA. No, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you think you're going to be one of the best of the best out there, you know, but that's yeah, that's a long hill to climb. But all right, Rob. As always, you know, some of these, some of these conversations we have lead to these other questions and other issues that are deeper uh, questions and issues than we sometimes have time for. So we'll we'll wrap it up on that note. Uh, Rob, let's go. Let's go. Let's give the. Worst of the week. Worst of the week. Everybody worst come to get week. the worst of the worst, week. Worst, worst, worst. <laughs> oh, All right, Mike, geez. I'm going to start this week. Um, this was given to me by, uh, sent to me by a Frank E. Diddy. Okay, first off, Frank, thank you for the, for the worst of the week. Your last name is Diddy. How awesome is that, dude? I'd be going around going, yo, what up? It's F. Diddy. F. Yo, Diddy. F. F. Diddy. I'd be like, hey, 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 It's F. Such Diddy. Such an easy built-in nickname. It is. Can't stop, won't stop. Eh, 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 eh. Bad boy. Anyway, this goes out to Brandon Kanan, who, uh, congrats, you won the worst of the week uh, on the USBC discuss- Bowls discussion forum. Congrats. Uh, congrats to Brandon. So, Here's the post. Is there anyone else out there that can't throw a certain brand ball? 2015, I broke my wrist. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that, though, about breaking your wrist. And had reconstructive surgery. It's taken five years to be able to start bowling decent again. Glad to see you're back on the board, though. Seriously, Brandon. Um, That's not a joke, either. I'm I'm, I'm glad you're, you're getting better. Now I have noticed I can't roll a storm ball. Seems I pull my storms a lot. Brunswick brand balls, I roll very well. I'll bowl 240s with hammers or track, but barely roll 150s with storm. Just wondering if this is just in my head or something with the weight in the ball. Also, my biggest problem, lack of practice. Mike. Brandon, I'm going to answer your question right now, and it's going to be a pretty simple and straightforward answer. Bro, you physically throwing a Brunswick ball and a Storm ball isn't going to change the way you throw the ball, okay? A Storm ball is not going to make you pull the bowling ball, and a Hammer ball is not going to make you throw the ball and hit your target, okay? That being said, it's all mental, bro. Go see a sports psychologist. Uh, maybe maybe wipe away the storm. Maybe they could sand out the logos on your storm stuff, and then you could put a permanent marker and put a B or a track logo on your bowling ball, and then you'll see, man, you'll stop pulling the ball, Mike. That's my worst of the week. Sand that label up, brother. You got it, Brian. Sand that label up, man. <laughs> like, who the like, – who says I can't throw storm? I mean, if you can't, if you can't throw storm, like you, you got issues, bro. Like you know, Dude, it's obviously there's probably, in my opinion, and this is being honest, and maybe giving him good advice. 
if that's your only storm ball, you're, maybe it could be fit wrong or they could have drilled it wrong for you. Perhaps. Uh, that could be – maybe your thumb is not, you know – maybe it's – dude, maybe you need to plug it up, get it re-drilled. But I don't know. I thought that was a pretty good post. So uh, There was – I got to say, there was some tough competition for worst of the week in my world dude, this, this week. Was a, this was a bad one, man. This was a I actually – I, I not only have a worst of the week – the worst of the week – that I'm going to give this week is somewhat confusing. I'm not even sure who I'm actually awarding the worst of the week to, but I'll get to that in a minute. Honorable mention, because you know we love the goat. The goat, son. Yeah, we love the goat. The goat. The goat. Earlier this week, told everybody, admin, we are not a selling and buying group. Even in the comments, three people muted today. <laughs> okay. It's honorable mention. I also got to give an honorable mention, runner-up, to Robert John on the Hammer Bowling uh, message board. Rob, this dude, this dude posted a pick of twelve different widow bowling balls. Okay, they all look blank. They're all in boxes. Twelve of them. Okay, pro dating tip: marry a woman who supports your addiction. This way, when random widows arrive, she won't be too mad. These are all extras to the ones on the shelf. I'm not going to comment too much on that, but I'll just say, like, come on, man. Come on. You need that many ball. You need that many widow bowling balls. There's something wrong. All right. Here's my actual worst of the week. And I said, I'm not even sure who I'm awarding this. (laughs) 12 widows. (laughs) 12 widows. Bill O'Neill. In his garage, I don't even think has 12 widow bowling balls in his garage. All right. You have a problem, no. bro. You have a yeah. problem. Okay. You got it. You got All it. right. Here's my actual worst of the week. And I don't know who I'm actually awarding worst of the week to because this post is so confusing that I don't think it can be correct. So I'm going to award worst of the week to Dwayne Biala. Dwayne Biala from the USBC Bowlers Discussion Forum. Where else? Congrats, Dwayne. Congrats, Dwayne. And I'm going to preface this worst of the week by Hold saying. Hold on one second. Yo, what up, Anthony? <laughs> <laughs> That's my guy, man. Yo, he works for me, but yo, he comes in. He's going to I'm going to watch the show tonight. I'm going to watch the yeah. show. What yeah, up, Anthony? Guy, How's man. it going? Sorry, man. You, up, came, you came just at the right time. Uh, so I'm either going to award worst of the week to Dwayne Biala if this post is not accurate, okay? If this post is accurate, then I am awarding worst of the week to whatever coach did this, okay? Are you ready? I'm sorry I had to take so long to set the scene here. Here we go. Let's go. Dwayne Biala, here's his post. Saw an interesting event at a college bowling tournament this past weekend. First was a college team that used the last six games of Bakers for practice. It might have been more, but I only discovered it at that time. Each male bowler stood in front of the ball return with their plant foot at the first board on the left-hand side and threw the ball. This team was far enough ahead that their scores didn't matter. At first, I thought, wow, that coach is using today's practice time. Then I changed my mind and thought how disrespectful he he was to the other teams competing, rubbed their noses in it. The ladies' side did not do this as the field was much tighter in scores. 
Dude, I've never heard of that before. I don't – I'm saying. I'm saying. Did that really that. happen? No. Did, come on. Did that really no, – you're telling me that a co- never, No. I you're telling me in a college bowling tournament, coach said, yo, we're so far ahead, we're going to practice. And, and the way he describes it, they stood in front of the ball return with their foot on the farthest left board and threw the ball from in front of the ball return. Could it be that they were actually playing in front of the ball return? Yeah. Is that exactly what this right. guy was seeing and he thought that they were screwing around, but they were actually playing in front of the ball return? Yeah, that's exactly I thought that. I thought but I that's thought exactly someone I thought no one could be that dumb. That's what I thought. <laughs> I thought no, no one could be no one could be that dumb that you see that and think they're practicing during a competition. Well, what what Kyle, I would love to reach out and find out what Kyle Sherman was and uh, like who who was leading this tournament because uh, there's no chance, okay? If you're leading the tournament, even if it's by 500 pins, dude, there's no chance you're practicing. Uh, and this guy just didn't know right. what the hell he was. Not, he had we're no gonna, idea what he was we're, saying. We're up by 500, so we're going to break out into some two-step drills. I mean, what, <laughs> right what is going return. on? I, dude, yo, I read this, this post, and I'm like, yeah, what is going on? Well, All right. I think we could, I think – I think we cracked the case, though. I'll be honest. I we think did. We but wouldn't you take a video of that if you really thought they were practicing? Because personally, I would have busted my video out and been like, hey, look at these dumbasses are practicing. Like, And then we could have at least seen a video and then be like, no, you're the idiot. Like, what a – Oh, my goodness. Anyway, oh. Yo, that's hilarious, man. Rob, final thoughts. Man, uh, you know, dude, man, I'll tell you, I, I took some time off from bowling, um, which I always manage to do. Uh, and I've kind of been not missing it at all the last, like, month or two. I haven't really been bowling. And I don't really have, like, the motivation to, like, get my stuff and go bowl. And... You know, I'm not going to go do something that I'm not motivated or forcing myself to go do. Like, I took time off. I pulled out of some tournaments. I was supposed to bowl the last, um, you know, a few weeks. I probably won't bowl in January. I won't probably go to the TAT. Um, you know, I'm focusing other aspects of my life, um, you know, like my career and, uh, you know, some other things I got going on. Uh, and I don't really miss it. And, you know, I, I will definitely – I didn't retire – uh, this is more like just a kind of hiatus, but I, I'll be honest with you, Mike. Like I'm, I'm good, man. I, I I'm, I don't bowl league. I don't bowl tournaments. Uh, maybe I'll go practice when I'm when I'm motivated to go. And but I'm not going to force myself to do something that I don't want to do. So, um, so I think what you're saying is you're retiring again, but there's a good chance you'll be back out of retirement. No, I'm not. I'm not retiring. Sure. I'm just okay. I'm taking a, a hiatus. Hiatus, Dave, I appreciate okay. it. Dave, Dave, you got your own talent, dude. You don't need my talent, trust me. Gotcha. Um, Hiatus. Well, listen, I'm I'm knee deep in it over here. I'm like, I'm I'm breaking down my game. I'm bowling matches. <laughs> I got tournaments coming up. Like, no, listen, I just honestly, I just love the game, man. It's enjoyable. Uh, even even on a Friday night, paying six dollars a game, seven dollars a game for lineage, I enjoy it. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, it's just it's it's just something that I enjoy. It's relaxing to me. It's fun. 
So, uh, no, I yeah, love well, that because Anthony's in the chat. He might still be there from my office. I see. Office well, I mean, Olympics. I actually been, last week I, there was a dude in a sumo suit playing. It, well, it looked like they were doing some kind of skit where a dude yeah. in a sumo suit defeated somebody dressed as an animal while they were playing cornhole. That's what it looked like to me. Dude, cornhole is big in my office. There's two you told sets us. Of corn- you told us. Dude, I practice every once in a while. And let me tell you, you would think as a decent bowler, you'd be able to play like a good game of cornhole. And, dude, I suck. I mean, I am terrible. I am like trying to hook the bag. My fingers are doing this. My arms swing. But I've been practicing and I do it straight here. Dope. It's bags are tough as a bowler. I'm not sure, like, so it makes you appreciate Walter Ray going from horseshoes to bowling because, dude, bowling does not translate good into bags. Okay, it doesn't. Maybe um, cornhole will be the next thing he conquers. Oh no, I, maybe. Ooh, maybe we'd start our own cornhole podcast. True. You know, if go, he go does, well, we, we, we know we'd have to... competition. I already beefed with them on Twitter. I beef with everybody. <laughs> All right, Rob. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Uh, my final thought is. Uh, yeah, you know, just just shout shout to uh, all the people out there uh, creating content. Uh, before we came on tonight, Rob, I was checking out Bowling with the Fef. Uh, Bill was on there. Uh, you guys should go check it out. I'm sure I only watched a part, but I'm sure it'll be a great interview. Uh, I'm going on there soon. I think it might be like next week or something. Uh, so check that out if you. I, I'm planning on. When I go on bowling with the Fef, I'm planning on getting – I don't care what Fef wants to talk about. it. Quite frankly, it doesn't matter. I'll take the show over if I want. But uh, I'm planning on getting deep into my uh, high school bowling co- coaching career. So if you all want to hear some of those stories, and I'm telling you, you might you might shed some tears about these stories, uh, check me out on bowling with the Fef. I'll be on there soon enough. But in the meantime, check out his interview with Bill tonight too. I'm sure no, it's a I good gave- one. I gave Fef a good uh, story about Bill um, to talk about, so I have to watch the interview myself to see how Bill like responded to my story. That yeah, I no but it was doubt, a good. No it put Bill in a good spotlight because regardless of how many times Bill will, you know, talk shit on me, when I talk about Bill, I try to put him on a good spotlight. Okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Bill's my guy. We so. we treat him way better publicly than he treats us. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, he, public, anytime public. he can, th- anytime he can throw us under the bus on social media, he'll be yeah. the first to say something. Behind Bill, closed doors, like different story, but yeah, publicly, uh, yeah, definitely, that's true. Okay, <laughs> uh, Rob, have a great week. Uh, take you it too, easy, man. everybody. Yo, have a great week. All right, enjoy. Hopefully, uh, the PBA gets the damn schedule out so uh, we have something to talk about here shortly. Uh, everybody, enjoy. Uh, I'm at the 215th on Twitter. He's at Brooklyn Rob 11. Rob 11. Uh, sweep the racket Gmail if you want to hit us up. Keep the, keep the emails coming. We love it. Uh, yeah, everybody have a great week, man. We'll check you out. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.